podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket T20 World Cup Daily Podcast. A pulsating encounter at the MCG between Pakistan and India, filled with tactical intrigue, ebb and flow, high-quality pace, brave counter-attacking batting, an incredible finish, and at the end of it all, India come out on top in one of the greatest T20 World Cup games ever played. With me to discuss that classic, and Sri Lanka's victory over Ireland, is ESPN Cricket Info's Matt Roller and Wisden India Head of Content Abhishek Mukherjee for his podcast debut. Abhishek, welcome. That really was quite something. Yeah, it was something. I'm still reeling under this. I've been trying to process the the batting in the 18th and 19th over and that mad last over. I mean, I'm still trying to process what happened. Yeah, it's incredible. I don't really know where to start. So I think let's just kind of work backwards and, uh, and see where <laughs> we get to. Um, Peter Miller asks, uh, what do we just watch? Matt, that finish, have you ever seen anything like it? I mean, it's probably up there in terms of most dramatic last overs in that every single ball, um, if you sort of isolated the single funniest or craziest thing that could possibly have happened, I think you would have, you know, even if even with the wildest imagination, you would have done well to script something like that. Um, I think at various points, it felt like Pakistan were nailed on to win. Um, then even even after single balls had been bowled, you know, sort of desperately trying to work out what happens when the stumps are hit on a free hit, whether it's a dead ball or whether India had just scored three crucial runs, um, all that sort of thing. And yeah, um, it was just a completely crazy game, uh, which was, yeah, I think it sort of, it, it felt like one of, it's sort of T20 at its best, I guess, because it, you know, obviously it's a short format, but the whole game took about four hours, gradually built towards this unbelievable conclusion. And there were so many points in that uh, in that run chase, especially where um, we're sort of very slowly going one way or the other, swinging back between, essentially swinging back between um, India and Pakistan. And then suddenly you had all these last minute oscillations and um, just the sheer drama of the last over was yeah quite something. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not really sure what a fitting result would have been, but it felt pretty good when uh, when Ashwin chipped the last ball over mid off to seal the win. So um, yeah, I think it was I think it was one of one of the great T20 games, and I think one of the great innings as well from Virat um, Kohli, given uh, the sort of the the whole India were in after uh, you know after six point one overs, they were thirty one for four, I think, um, when Axel Patel slightly comically ran himself out, and uh, yeah, just the sort of the gradual slow build was. Um, Quite, quite something to witness, especially the launch at the end. Um, and I think those those two sixes off Harris Ralph, I think particularly the first one, which he drilled back over his head with some incredible contortion of his body, um, is a shot that will um, live on in my memory, at least for quite a long time. Yeah, it's crazy to think that it was only, what, a couple of weeks ago when people were sort of questioning whether Brett Cody was in India's best 11, wondering whether he'd ever hit a, an international century again. <laughs> and now he... Like that might well have been his his, his best ever innings. Um, let's talk about that last over then, because in a way, Abhishek, the game kind of hinged not just obviously on what happened in the over, but on the decision about when uh, Baba would bowl Nawaz. So they went into what the last six overs with five overs from Shaheen, Nassim and Ralph in the bank. And then that was the one left over. He ends up bowling the last over. And to be honest, I can't really, I almost can't remember it, but I can't tell if it was a good over or not in terms of, you know, he got, he got hard at Pandya out. He got 
uh, Dinesh Kartik stumped who it looked like Pakistan had lost, but he also bowled that no ball. Uh, but did, did, from a tactical point of view, did, did Babel get that right, do you think, holding him back? Or is it just one of those where some days it will work, some days it won't? Uh, essentially, after that uh, three sixes over, that 12th over, incidentally, both 12th overs, both the 12th over of each innings were hit for, went for three sixes. And both were bowled by left-arm spinners. So, essentially, it was probably a decision made up at the break or something. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, it is a very difficult choice to uh, give. It was. A, it would have been very difficult to give Nawaz another over because uh, had there been another twenty run over, India would have simply uh, had that asking rate somewhere around eight, eight and a half, and then they would have. Uh, uh, I mean, it would have been in co- more of Kohli's ODI territory. It, uh, India would still have probably won it, but. Uh, I mean, it would have been in a familiar territory. It would have would not have been this. The last over, I don't know. I I, I uh, apart from that full toss, I don't think Nawaz actually bowled poorly. He conceded one six, and that was it. No other boundary. I mean, how often do we see a sixteen run over conceding a six and no other boundary? I mean, how often do we see? A- Three buys being run off a, uh, a ball that hits a wicket. Uh, he probably, see, the overs before him went for 16 and 16. This one, I mean, we can hardly blame the bowler. But yeah, I mean, uh, regarding the decision to hold him back, uh, I think uh, India might have, would have gone after Nawaz a lot earlier had Aksha been there. That was the reason to promote him because uh, uh, India had lost uh, three wickets. But they, but they had Pakistan had also used up six of their twelve overs of fast bowling, and of the remaining eight, they had uh, remaining uh, fourteen overs. Eight had to be from spinners, and both spinners spun the ball into upset. So that was it was a calculated risk. So that was why he was promoted. He got the bowler. I mean, over seven was bowled by Shada, and he just lasted one ball. So it, he would have gone after. My my instinct is he would have gone after the spinners a lot earlier. Yeah, as it, you say, it's kind, of, it's kind of a final passage that defies analysis from some points of view. So let, let's go back to the beginning uh, and Arshdeep Singh, who seemed like he was going to be sort of the story of the game for a bit and then kind of all hell broke loose. But uh, Matt, of, of all the players in that 11, he's probably he's, well, he's the least experienced and the least you sort of say is like a, like a, a nailed on like megastar. But he was brilliant with the new ball, wasn't he? How good is he? How good could he be? Uh, how important is he to the India team? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a fair question, I think. Um, obviously, Harshal Patel got left out of the team today and uh, has been sort of quite a key part of India's T20 side for a while. So it's clearly quite a big call. I know it was probably more Shami that squeezed him out than uh, Marshdeep, but it's still a, a big decision to to back a young guy who's not played a huge amount of international cricket with the new ball. And yeah, to dismiss Baba and Rizwan, I think that's the I think they managed four between them or 13 balls, which is the fewest runs they've ever managed in an opening partnership together, which is, um, yeah, quite something in speech to just how, how well he bowled, I think, um, especially the first ball. Um, you know, he sort of set the field for the short ball with um, deep fine leg and deep backward square out and uh, went full and straight. It, it was quite kind of reminiscent, you know, maybe five kilometers an hour slower, but of, of Shaheen's spell um, in Dubai last year. Um, and yet yeah, to, to bounce out Rizwan, I think for someone who's clearly not a sort of express pace seamer, um, to have found the extra bounce that he did and get the top edge down to, um, you know, Boovy, I think it was on on the boundary. Yeah, it, it bowled really well. And um, 
it all feels like a long time ago that that happened. I must say, at the time of recording, um, it feels like a completely different game where um, Arshdeep was taking the new ball. But um, yeah, he did really well. I thought India actually, for the most part, um, you know, much as Pakistan sort of probably got a few more than they would have liked, I thought they bowled pretty well for for the vast majority of the game. Um, it was clearly a sort of a, a big turning point when Iftikhar decided to take down um, Axa and it, it I think it'll be a really interesting thing to see whether he could keep doing that through the comp because he's traditionally not got the best numbers against spin. But clearly, you know, we've seen he took down El Rashid pretty well when England were in Pakistan recently. And uh, we saw tonight as well that he clearly has the power to, um, I think he hit 197 metre six off action. So it, it tells you how how powerful he is. Um, but yeah, it, it, for the most part, I thought India actually bowled pretty well. And much as it, it was kind of a strange first innings in that, um, it obviously ebbed and flowed as as it often does, but um, I think both teams would probably have taken it at the start, where Pakistan were pretty happy to get what looked like about par. Um, and India, given that batting has been their strong suit in the year coming into this World Cup and they don't have Jasper Brummer in their side, um, I think they would be relatively happy to have restricted them to what they did as well. Yeah, there's, there's loads and lots of players who haven't mentioned. I mean, Nassim was really, really good with the ball. Uh, Iftikhar, as you say, he was good. Masood also made that 50 and that sort of Babar Rizwan insurance role, I guess. Uh, you had Shaheen and Ralph hitting some fun sixes at death. Shami and Hardik were both really good with the ball. But Matt, you want to talk about Harris Ralph with the ball in particular? Yeah, well, he obviously got absolutely nailed at the end. Um, but I thought for the most part, he was brilliant. And I think the, the it, it's, it's one of those interesting ones where... It quite quickly becomes the case that um, after you know after a certain amount of time, you 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 would always think that the the key battles to watch in this game, you would be thinking about Shahina Freedy versus Rohit or whatever. But actually, Harris Ralph has, has had such a quick rise um, that he almost you know he given given Shaheen's coming back from a long term or medium term injury um, and probably didn't look a hundred percent. I would say um, you know he wasn't quite hitting the speeds that he can when he's when he's fully fit and in rhythm. He just looked a little bit not quite there for whatever reason. Um, it almost felt like Harris was was the main guy. And then I thought that battle in particular with uh, Suya Kumar Yadav, who's obviously been one of the the informed batters in world cricket recently, particularly in T20, um, that felt like it was really going to define the game. I think particularly when, um, you know, India's top order had struggled, the ball was doing a lot, um, did a lot through both innings, actually. I think India swung it more with the new ball, but then Pakistan found a lot of seam movement early on. So for Harris to have got um, Rohit out and then Suya to come in and, you know, time the pants off his first ball straight back past the bowler for four. That really felt like where the game was going to be decided. So for Harris to then um, dismiss him fairly cheaply, I think he only made 15. Uh, that really felt like the game. But then, yeah, as you say, obviously um, didn't didn't quite happen for him in the end where he, he, he um, yeah, he, he bowled a, probably 22 near perfect balls across his spell and then um, two right at the end that uh, didn't go his way. And uh, Coley, yeah, I think you just you almost have to just sit back and admire the genius of a guy like that um, at this stage in his career. I know he's obviously and probably entirely fairly coming for a fair bit of criticism over the last three years, particularly in T Twenty cricket. There are clear issues with his game that have cost him, have cost his team some games in the IPL and and in international cricket. But when a player plays like that, um, and you know, they, it entirely vindicated his approach, didn't it? In the end, um, 
the result. I don't think, you know, you might not say it's the template that you'd always try and get 15 off 24 balls and accelerate. But um, when you see a, a guy timing the ball as well as Coley did right towards the back end, particularly those back-to-back sixes off Ralph, I think you do just have to sort of bow to the genius of the guy and say, this is, you know, this is an unbelievable player we're watching. There's still so much we could discuss. I mean, that was the, the spider cam thing. We've, we've better mentioned Hardik Pandya, who it looked like he was going to be player of the match for quite deep into that game. Let's just, uh, just the actual run out quickly. Uh, obviously, you sort of hinted at Abhishek, where you had this, uh, it was amazing to see a, a bit a piece of cricket where kind of all of Babar Rizwan and Kohli kind of messed up. Uh, like Kohli sort of called him through, then sent him back. Babar sort of fires the throw and kind of too hard and also wide. Uh, Rizwan then like messes the glove onto the stumps and still it's a run out. Abhishek, do you think the umpire made the right decision then? Or... Um, uh- a very difficult to I would I would say it was, I mean I would say it was probably out but uh, I mean uh, if the uh, if the umpires if the um, if the umpire, um, umpire had ruled not out I would have agreed with that too I mean I didn't see conclusive evidence either way and this is one of those decisions just like that no ball in the last over yeah there is a funny thing with those no balls isn't there where they can't actually review them off the field unless there's a wicket, I think. Um, I think with the waist-high ones, you can't review those, which is odd, and maybe they could look into it because, as you see in that instance, although you don't want umpires reviewing everything, I guess, but it's odd, that's the one thing you kind of can't review. Uh, anyway, that's a small point, uh, and we should probably finish talking about India Pakistan because there was another game which uh, uh, could be no less important in deciding who makes semi-finals. Shranka easing past Ireland. Um, Matt, Shranka are weird, aren't they? Because you sort of look at the team and you think, like, you know, where, where are the real gun bats in here? Sort of, it's sort of a bit of an odds and ends kind of thing. Yet they've won eight of the last nine. They're Asia Cup champions. Obviously, had that stumble to Namibia. How good are they? Are they semi-final contenders? Um, I think they'll they'll definitely be a team that um, the sort of I suppose obvious favourites in that group will be looking at with some trepidation. I think um, you know any any team with. Um, two spinners as talented as Tassaranga and Tikshana, I think you're, you're going to um, take pretty seriously as an opponent. I think it's a real shame, actually, that they um, have suffered as many injuries as they have during this World Cup so far, because I think that does leave them a little light in terms of um, the fast bowlers uh, in particular. And I think better teams than Ireland will probably have more success against um, their seam attack. But I think they're a pretty solid side and it, it feels increasingly like that. Um Namibia game was a, a sort of the sort of random blip that can happen in, in T20 cricket rather than um, sort of indicative of them having a, any particular weakness, really. I suppose it, you would probably say that Sri Lanka are, are, it would be better suited to playing a World Cup elsewhere. I think um, that some of their batters, you might say, it could potentially get rushed and bounced out by um, you know, New Zealand's attack or Australia's, for example. But um, I think they're a pretty good side and I think they could definitely... Um, cause a few upsets in that group I think yeah obviously um, it's early days and it's a big call to suggest that they're going to you know win what um, three of their next four games but I think that they're definitely a a strong side and I think they'll um, I think they'll be fun to watch as much as anything I think Hasaranga is always um, box office he's always someone I try and turn on the TV when he's bowling um, and yeah, I think they're I think they're a pretty good outfit. I think uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what uh, Banuka Rajapaksa can do as well because he's a really fun fun guy to watch um, when he gets going. So yeah, be be interested to chat chat them throughout the rest of the comp. Mm. Yeah, there were there were two things I noticed from this game. Uh, one was Hasaranga bowling with an incredibly low arm. He was basically in like a 
like a full-on lunge essentially as he bowled the ball with his back knee that bent and also his arm only just above his shoulder so if you think about how basically bowling from like almost the stump height like not not much higher than that really which is really interesting to see and also just um george dockerall playing despite having uh tested positive for covid and it also not really being a story when you think that what less than a year ago you had australia's captain missing an ashes test for sitting near someone with covid and now uh and now you have this in an icy event which is a uh, yeah which is interesting almost because it's not interesting i guess <laughs> uh apart from india sri lanka are the only touring teams who have won more matches than they lost in australia well, there you go so yeah what do you do, do, do you fancy the mabashek do you fancy sri lanka yeah i always fancy sri lanka <laughs> I mean, I, see the Asia Cup also. They lost the first match. They were didn't they weren't didn't just lose. They lost. They were bowled out for hundred five or something. Here also they were bowled out for hundred eight or something, and nobody gave them a chance. And then they won five matches on the trot and went on to win the cup. Here also, I mean, uh, they are yet to pull off a win against a major team, but I can't see why they cannot beat at least one team. maybe if and if they can win against one side why not against two mm. it's an unpredictable it, format yeah and it, it is interesting actually from a just a team permutations who goes through sort of view people saying yesterday australia's win could be or defeat sorry could be sort of catastrophic in terms of net run rate whereas if actually if sri lanka are able to take wins off those top 3 sides in there and you actually have sort of four sides competing and taking wins off each other um that could make quite a big difference i suppose in terms of australia not not being necessarily out even if they win all their next four and that sort of thing it's quite smart in a when in t20 everyone says joy's going to have one bad day for sri lanka just yeah. to always get out of the way first yeah. game and then just be brilliant <laughs> from then on is a a pretty smart tactic um well th- thanks thanks both for joining uh it's been great and uh and yeah if you enjoyed listening to that please give us a nice maybe a five star review on the app of your choice Podcast Network.